Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Ed School podcast, the podcast which is devoted to making outdoor ed easy for teachers like you. My name is Dan Pritchard and as always I'll be walking you through another outdoor ed resource that you're going to be able to deliver directly to your students. All of these resources have an embedded learning to help support your students develop their social skills. And in today's episode, we are going to be looking at the input-output learning model. So this model breaks down how we, what information we take in, how we process the information, and then our actions, so the output at the other end of the model. It's a really good model to think about how we can change our delivery as outdoor providers to affect our students and support them in a positive way to develop this growth mindset, to achieve a goal which they found really difficult and to support them in looking at tr like challenges and problem solving activities as a fun way to try something new, to achieve something, looking at them as goals and a chance to grow rather than something to avoid. So let's have a little look at the first section of this four segment learning model, which is the input. The input is all the sensory information which we, we gather and we process every second that we are awake. So that is what can we see, what can we hear, what we're tasting, what we're feeling. All of our senses produce information and we start to bring in that information. So let's say we're having a conversation to someone, uh, with someone, with one of our students, but we're doing it in a busy environment. We have all this information going on. We're trying to concentrate on the students in front of us and what they're saying. We're trying to look at their body language and their facial expressions. But at the same time, you have the noise from the other students having their conversations, the movement which is going around in the background. You could also, it might be a really hot day, so everyone's really hot and sweaty. It might be close to lunch, so blood sugar levels are low and you're feeling hungry. All of those things are sensor uh, the input all the information coming in that is the first segment in this learning cycle the second segment is the thought process now the thought process is the brain time to digest all of that sensory information coming in it's trying to find out what is the relevant information stuff to try and focus on and to keep and the stuff which is, isn't relevant, the things that we need to strip away so we can spend more time, more energy focusing on the important bits. So how does it do that? Well, it does it because through past experiences, you have planted flags in success stories. So if you've had a conversation which has gone well, subconsciously, you have planted milestone flags of going, oh, if I can look at them, and I can see them smile when they're saying something, that it might be because they're happy about it. Or if I can see that they are pulling a face when they say something else, maybe I can attach that to sarcasm. If I'm listening to them, maybe I can hear them change their voice when they're being sarcastic. Maybe I can hear a laugh when they're trying to tell a joke. Those sort of cues you have planted milestone flags on and you use them as reference points because you've had successful conversations and you're using those as milestones and as reference points for future conversations. Now, when you have a conversation with someone and you see them laugh, you've already learned 
that's associated to a joke. Oh, they've changed their voice and they're pulling a face, that's associated to sarcasm. So we're using past experiences, stuff that we've locked away, to as reference points to help us understand what's going on around us. We're also trying to understand what is important. And so the way that we do that is we start to create a picture in our mind. What's going on around us? Well, our brain's trying to paint that picture by taking the information that we think is relevant and stripping away the things which aren't relevant. The best way to describe this is imagine that you are reading a book. As you read the book, you aren't just seeing the, the words flashing in your head. You are starting to create the picture you're starting to imagine the main character and the sub-characters and how they interact with one another. You can maybe hear their voice because it's, uh, it's described in the book. You might be able to see and picture the scenery because it's described in the book. All of these things we're trying to paint a picture in our mind, even though we don't know it and we don't know what that person actually looks like because we are starting to imagine it. We're starting to paint the picture. We're using the information that we've been given and the reference points that we've had in the past to create our character in our mind, to create the movie or create the picture or the story inside our brains, because that helps us digest the information. We can then understand what is going on. We then use that information to try and predict what is going to happen next. And then we take our actions, or we come up with an idea of what we can do to influence what's gonna happen next. That is the second stage of our thought process, where we understand what's going on now, we then guess what is gonna happen next, and then we need to think about how we can influence that. In that guessing next stage is where it leads really nicely into the third segment of our learning cycle. And that is emotion. So the section that we're looking at, the bit that's not quite happened yet, we're predicting what's gonna happen. We like to then attach emotion to that. Sometimes it could be in a positive thing, i.e., oh, I can't wait until I'm a gold medalist cycle, uh, a cycle for, for Britain in the Olympics and I'm gonna win a gold medal. That could be our goal, that's what we're trying to predict. And it could be a really positive scenario that we've painted in our head. We've created a goal, something for us to move towards and achieve, and we're filled with excitement, we're filled with happiness and devotion, and, and we can't wait to get going. That could be really positive emotion that drives us to get up and go. It could be something completely different though. It could be that we've painted a picture which is negative, something that we're worried is going to happen, that we're scared is gonna happen. And suddenly, instead of us working towards that scenario, the emotion has given us the power and the strength to avoid that scenario because we don't want that anxiety, we don't want that stress, we don't want that, ups, that to be upset by going towards this outcome. So we do everything we possibly can to avoid that outcome. Totally different emotions, but they can have a very similar result. One, I want to be a gold medal, Olympic gold medalist in cycling. One is, I can't be a failure, I've got to win, I've got to get gold. Well, two of them, the, both of them could go to the same result, but two completely different mindsets which are going along. Those emotions, they're the fuel 
They're the get off the sofa and do something. Without the emotions, a lot of us would sit there and procrastinate, and not really do much, stuck in this thought cycle. The emotions is what gives us that get up and go to go out and achieve what we've predicted in our thought process or avoid what we've uh, what we thought of in our thought process. Which leads us beautifully onto the fourth and final segment of this learning cycle. And that is our output. So that's our actions. What are we saying? What are we doing? What, what has changed throughout that process? So the actions um, are very much influenced about our thought process and our emotional process. But our actions won't happen unless we've thought about what's going on, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, where we've actively gone, I'm thinking about this, this is where we need to, to what I need to do, I'm being mindful of my actions. But sometimes it can just be, I'm processing it, I haven't even realized I've processed it, I've attached emotion to it, and suddenly I'm doing it. The best way for me to describe this is, imagine going back to that conversation beforehand, and you're having that conversation with your student and you're focusing all your effort on and all your attention on listening to what they're having to say, reading their body language, looking at their facial expressions, but you are really hungry. You're really hungry and you've got this bubbling, oh, just, right, we need to stop this because I'm hungry and we need to go to lunch. You've got that kind of, that build up base level worth of hangriness going on and you're and then suddenly your answer is a little bit more snappy and as much as we're trying to be mindful to it that does happen to everybody whether it's to your student to your partner to your son to your daughter whoever that can happen to everybody but if we stopped and we broke that down of in the thought press going like oh I can recognize I'm ang angry I can recognize that I'm getting a bit short-tempered and then I can attach the emotion of going oh actually I need to be patient, I need to be loving with this person, I need to give them the time, I need to give them the space for them to express themselves, and then I need to be supportive. Well, you've recognized that, you've broken the cycle, and then your output can be a lot more positive because you've recognized, oh, I'm feeling a bit hangry. All right, so why am I introducing you to this cycle? Well, first of all, it's gonna be a really positive thing for you to provide to your students, especially if they're the um, in secondary school, you can provide this model like I have directly to them. And it could be something that they then think about and they can change their actions to be more positive. If you're providing this to some uh, a primary phase, well then it's gonna be mainly for you because you can start to think about how can you change your output because your output is gonna be their input. How can you change your output? So you're giving them all the tools, all the information, so that this thought process is very positive. They can look at taking on challenges, you're giving them loads of experiences, but the experiences are achievable, they're fun, they're progressive, so we're not throwing them in the deep end, we're very much giving them the chance to be able to rise to the occasion, complete these challenges, which is then associating these team challenges with collaboration, with problem solving, they're all very positive experiences, so it's, it's I'm excited, I'm happy, I can't wait to take on this challenge, their output, very positive, going towards that success, always going towards that goal, changing that mindset from avoidance to uh, acquiring success. 
You'll be able to provide them with the opportunity to develop this mindset by giving them loads and loads of opportunities to keep their brain, keep their mind in that thought process, making sure it's achievable and it's fun. So keep making sure you're associating the challenges with something that's positive. So then when they look at it and they're taking in future challenges in the input section, that they're ready for success. They're there going, okay, I want the next challenge. I want to take risks. I want to be part of a team. All of those are very positive things. All of those are very uh, growth mindset um, kind of characteristics which are gonna help your students succeed. If you would like an activity that pairs really nicely with this challenge, then all you've got to do is go over to our website, which is www.theoutdooredschool.co.uk, go onto the hub, which is the online membership platform, which is completely free for teachers like yourself, and it's filled with loads of team challenge problem solving activities as well, which will pair brilliantly with the input-output model. If you need any support, have any questions about this model, then on the top of that website is the phone number and the email address which will come directly to me or to one of my team and we'll be happy to support you through any questions that you have and any scenarios that you have as well, as well as point you in the right directions to find the resources which are going to be best for your students. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you're listening on YouTube, then hit the subscribe button and the bell button, and that means that you won't miss any episodes, and we try to upload about two to three times a week. And if you are listening on Spotify, then again, click the follow button. It just means that you're gonna stay up to date with all of the episodes that we release each week. If you have any questions, like I said, reach out, and we'll do our best to answer them. Until next time, take it easy, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.